We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today is Thursday, February the 17th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. And on today's show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Gamecocks baseball is officially back. And on today's show, I break down this weekend series as South kind of begins the 2022 season as they take on the UNC Greensboro Spartans in a three-game series at Founders Park. Guys, I will break down the series in its entirety. First thing is first, we'll talk the Spartans, their pitching, their hitting. Also, South Carolina, the weekend rotation, what to watch for. Key player of the weekend, and I will lock in my prediction as well. Also, guys, we had a fantastic throwback conversation. Great interview with former Gamecocks catcher Hunter Taylor from August of 2019 as he breaks down his illustrious career in Garnet and Black. Guys, we've got a packed show for you here on this Thursday. And, of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends at the Spurs Up show store folks tsus.store for all of our latest drops including t-shirts hats hoodies pullovers stickers koozies you name it we have got it be sure to check out all of our latest merch including our yardcocks baseball merch heckle juice merch Everything in between, guys. Beamer Ball, Beamer Rattler, of course. Again, we've always got new drops coming, guys. We've got things in the works right now. So, again, you want to make sure you stay tuned to all the latest happenings within the Spurs Up Show store, the best Gamecocks merchandise on the internet. So, again, guys, that's TSUS.store. That's TSUS.store. Be sure to check it out. Again, the best Gamecocks merch on the internet. Let's get it. Just 24 hours or so, depending when you're hearing the sound of my voice, Gamecocks baseball will officially return to the diamond at Founders Park, and the boys of summer will begin their quest 
of Omaha. Folks, happy Thursday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always. Hope this show does find you well, no matter where you are, what you're doing. Of course, we have got a packed show for you here on this Thursday, as it is the first of many of our series previews for the 2022 baseball season. Guys, in case you did not tune in last year or the year prior, or you're just unfamiliar Every single Thursday, we will break down the weekend series, the series that is upcoming for the Gamecocks, a full breakdown for you. Of course, when South Carolina has their Thursday through Saturday series, we'll adjust accordingly. I think there's only two or three of those. But again, every single week, for the most part, on Thursdays, you can expect a full series breakdown, a full series preview. And again, that's exactly what we're going to do here today as the Gamecocks begin their 2022 season tomorrow at 4 o'clock against the UNCG Spartans. Guys, before we get going into everything, because we've got a lot to discuss, uh, really quickly, I want to update you. Of course, I talked about this early in the week, but the opening day content for tomorrow, guys, I'm very, very, very excited. As you might recall, when signing day took place back in December, right, which is a very, very big deal, we were packed with content, things scheduled out, you know, content beyond what we normally do. Well, that is the case tomorrow. You may have already seen on social media. You probably have. Tomorrow at 9 a.m., we will go live on Twitter, Twitter Spaces. If you're unfamiliar what Twitter Spaces is, it's basically an interactive chat room where people can talk. You can label people as speakers. It's really, really cool. So again, 9 a.m., go to our Twitter, at the Spurs Up Show, yours truly and others. We'll be talking opening day, breaking everything down, just kind of shooting the shit in the morning, if you will, and really setting the tone for the day. Then at 10 a.m., we are going to do an MLB The Show live stream where guys i'll be honest i don't really have a game plan for this but it's just another form in which we can go live and talk baseball and i'll be streaming the show and just playing some games if you will and then of course tdc from 12 to 2 as normal the setup will probably be different i think i'm probably going to be grilling some hot dogs and burgers and have some cold beers flowing and really setting the stage and getting ready for first pitch and then of course first pitch is at four o'clock tomorrow afternoon as opening day takes place. So again, guys, we got a packed day tomorrow. Cannot wait. Super exciting. Opening day is always really, really special and looking forward to getting back out to Founders Park, getting back out there with the Rowdy Roosters and taking it in with each and every single one of you guys. With that being said, let's dive into it. Gamecocks taking on UNC Greensboro, the Spartans out of the SOCON. Their head coach, Billy Godwin, leads the Spartans into the 2022 season. A look back at last year, UNCG went 27 and 25 in the season, 12 and 17 in conference play. So a bit of a tough season for them a year ago. But UNCG, guys, I can tell you this, a really proud baseball program. You know, this is a real side note, but back in my college days, my ex actually from then, her brother played at UNC Greensboro. I remember talking to him about UNCG and everything. And uh, again, it's a very, very proud program. They recruit well. They have good players. So again, a good early season test, I think, in the opening weekend for South Carolina. You look at UNCG on the mound. From a year ago, 4.87 staff ERA in 2021. Uh, the big guy returning for them is their right-handed pitcher, Austin Parsley. He leads their staff. And again, guys, you look at him, you look at their starting rotation. This is the projected rotation, by the way. As of right now, when I'm recording this, UNCG has not released anything. 
Um, they have not released anything. So going back, looking from last year, their returners, if you will, this is what I'm projecting it will be. Feel very confident in saying that Friday, tomorrow, right-handed pitcher Austin Parsley will take the bump. Again, guys, he is a preseason second team all SOCON selection in 2021. It went 8-2 with a 3.3 ERA. So, again, was really, really good for the Spartans. Then Saturday, right-handed pitcher Austin Cone in 2021. He went 4-3 with a 5-2-4 ERA. And then on Sunday, to round it out, right-handed pitcher Brendan Collins. Last season, he went 3-3 three three with a 5-5-4 ERA. So, again, not a great pitching staff. I mean, 4.87 is good enough to win some ball games, but it's not really where you want to be. Uh, so we'll see if they can improve on the bump this season. At the plate, at the dish, hit 263 as a team in 2021. Their players watch for They got some good ball players, by the way, guys. Prez Kavanaugh leads the returners. He is the 2022 preseason SOCON Player of the Year, which is interesting because in 2021, he hit just 230 with eight home runs and 36 RBI. So, again, I'm not trying to talk down on the guy, but it's crazy that those type of numbers could get you selected to be the preseason conference player of the year. But either way, he is, and again, a very capable bat for the Spartans. Also, Hogan Windish, another player to watch for preseason, second team, all SOCON last season at 280, 10 home runs, 51 RBI. So, again, a power threat for them. And then finally, the final player to watch for, Greg Hardison, another big guy, 312 last year. He's actually their leading returner in regards to average. 312 a year ago, three home runs and 36 RBI. So again, guys, you know, a non-conference test early. UNCG, a very proud program, like I said. They've got some quality players both on the bump and swinging the stick as well. So it will be a test out the gate for South Carolina. And guys, let's move into the Gamecocks and start with the weekend rotation, Mark Kingston yesterday afternoon announcing his weekend rotation, and he sort of hinted at this a couple of days ago, but it is officially going to be on Friday, right in the picture, Will Sanders, Saturday, right in the picture, James Hicks, and then Sunday, left-handed pitcher, Josiah Seitler. And, of course, Seitler filling in for Julian Bosnick, um, who will be out this weekend. A flexor strain is what Mark Kingston is calling it, uh, assuming he'll probably be out next weekend as well as they gear up to get him ready for the Clemson series. But, uh, you know, hopefully, and it sounds like it's not going to be something long-term. So I look at it this way, guys. I look at it this way, and certainly, you know, it's a big storyline for the weekend that I, I think this gives other guys opportunities to pitch in your three-game series. Again, guys, in case you missed it, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Saturday at 12.30, and then Sunday at 1.30, all three of those games on SEC Network+. Plus. But, but I think it gives you an opportunity to, you know, get guys innings. Get guys innings that need to pitch. You know, you got a lot of newcomers and guys that you just need work, right? They need game action. There's a difference between doing an inner squad and throwing a bullpen and actually being under the lights, pitching in front of the crowd at Founders Park, pitching against an opponent, if you will. So I think it could actually help you in a crazy way. I mean, obviously you want Julian Bosnick to get back as soon as possible and to be okay. And Josiah Seitler watching him in the scrimmages, if you will, I think he's throwing the ball pretty well. 90 to 91 got good movement. We saw him pitch a year ago and I think he will be your main midweek guy, but I think he should be able to give you a quality start on Sunday. So again, Sanders Hicks and Seitler, your weekend rotation for opening weekend at Founders Park. Guys, let's move into what to watch for as the Gamecocks take on the Spartans to begin the 2022 baseball season. And of course, you simply have to start with just everything that comes with opening weekend. You know, it's it's really special. Um, you know, you spend time, we do the countdowns and the breakdowns and the projections and the predictions. 
but to actually get on the field and what makes college baseball, not just even South Carolina baseball, but college baseball as a whole, what makes it so special is really truly the uncertainty and the parity within the sport. And anybody can beat anybody. If you have the right arm, you got the right stick or you got the right player, the right, whatever um, the parity that's in the sport and the mystery, if you will. Uh, and, and there's something different. I think we can all agree. There's something different when it comes to Gamecocks baseball and just how special it is. And I talk about all the time that it is our crown jewel, if you will. It's our crown jewel. And it's, you know, Gamecock fans are as passionate about fans in college baseball. You know what I mean? So the, the majesty of opening weekend, obviously there will be a lot of butterflies for everyone, including the fan base. you got a lot of newcomers as well. Uh, even guys that are returners. Again, you listen to like big league guys, even an opening day. It never gets old. And opening weekend back at Founders Park, you know, full capacity. I'm going to get that more in just a second, but going to be really, really cool. And uh, as I told you before, there's competitive pressure, and that is a beautiful thing, guys. Pressure is a privilege, and it's going to be so much fun to watch it take place at Founders Park this weekend and beyond. Moving to my next big storyline and what to watch for this weekend, guys. Again, the absence of Julian Bosnick shuffling the weekend rotation. And just how does that affect the way that South Carolina attacks uh, in regards to their bullpen, in regards to next week when you take on Winthrop in the midweek? You know, how does South Carolina go about that? How does Mark Kingston, Justin Parker, your new pitching coach, how do they navigate that? Who do they put in certain spots? And that's another big storyline for me, guys, moving into that. Great segue is this sort of serves as the beginning for guys to claim roles. You know, a lot of you have been asking me, Chris, who's your setup guy? Who's your eighth inning guy? Who's your closer? Who's this? Who's that? And I'll be totally honest with you. I think South Carolina has a lot of capable arms but I don't know that I really left spring, you know, the scrimmages, the inner squads, all that good stuff. I, I don't really feel like I go into the season saying, oh, that guy's for sure the seventh inning guy. Oh, that guy's for sure the eighth inning. Oh, that guy's for sure the closer. Um, you know, I think you're going to be using, I think Kingston Parker, I think those guys are going to be using these first couple of weeks in the non-conference to say, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity. Let's see what you can do with it. Guys like Michael Esposito, guys like Noah Hall, Matthew Becker, Michael Braswell. Hey, your veterans in Coin, Gilreath, Tringali, and Sweat. Guys are going to get an opportunity. Brett Thomas, CJ Wines. Again, you got plenty of options. It's just who steps up, who claims those roles. And again, we'll start to get those answers this week. And again, we have so many questions around this team, as many other teams in college baseball do, by the way. But there's so many questions around this team and specifically the bullpen. I've talked about the bullpen a lot leading into opening day. There's so many questions we'll start to get answers this weekend. And that's the beautiful thing. That's a great thing. We'll actually start to learn something about this ball club and, you know, who's ready, who's going to step up, who's going to flourish under the lights, and who maybe is not quite there in regards to helping out the ball club. So, again, going to be very interesting how they navigate things, who they use, who they put in what spots. And do we see, you know, I think we'll get a good idea of what the coaching staff thinks of these arms. Um, and thanks to these bats as well, like the youngsters, who they plug in at DH, who they plug in at center field. Again, we're going to start to learn roles very, very quickly. I think some are more known than others, but that is the beauty, like I said, of early on in the season, these non-conference series. You get to find out, you know, who are your dudes because you got to find them quickly because you got this weekend, the next, and then you take on Clemson, then you take on Texas, then you get an SEC play. So the season comes at you fast. You got to find out your dudes and find them 
quickly. Guys, again, another top storyline for me is your newcomers. Um, just anytime you have opening day, the start of a new season, you know, it's crazy how much in baseball your roster turns over. You know, it, it's wild how much differently your roster can look from season to season to season. And certainly, you know, that is the case. Basically, your entire infield is different and you've added so many key pieces. I've talked about Kevin Madden and Brant Belk, and you've added these freshmen and all that. So getting your first look at those guys, you know, fans get really fired up for like the spring game, for example, for South Carolina football. And, you know, our first look at Spencer Rattler, our first look at this guy, that guy. I kind of get the same feeling for baseball. You know what I mean? To see a guy like Michael Braswell take his first reps at shortstop in a game, to see a guy like Brant Belk, who we faced and was going against when we played Mizzou, now in a Gamecocks uniform to see a guy like Kevin Madden take over the hot corner and, you know, a guy who hit 313 last year in Blacksburg and he translate that over to the SEC. Um, some of these newcomers, see a guy like Thad Ector get opportunities, a true freshman. So I'm really excited to see the newcomers really take center stage. And uh, again, early on, finding out just which guys can help you. Certainly, guys, a top storyline and something we're all watching for going into this weekend is the new approach and what South Carolina does swing in the stick this weekend. I talked about this a couple of days ago, talked about it on Monday. We broke down the season and gave project projections, predictions, all that good stuff. But how quickly do we see? Is it something where it's a noticeable change um, or is it just something where, hey, we scored more runs, we're obviously better offensively. And I don't think you're going to be able to draw any conclusions or learn anything necessarily from these non-conference series, because again, guys, we've seen Gamecock hitters tear up non-conference pitching, right? Heck, we saw Wes Clark last year. Nobody could hit it, get him out. He was hitting like 700 in, in, in non-conference play. So where it really matters is obviously you get into like Clemson, Texas, and then the SEC, and then you really find out just how good you are. But getting off to a good start offensively, and again, the, the new approach, if you will, you know, do we see South Carolina – sort of force the issue and try to do hit and runs, try to bunt a little bit more. Um, situational hitting, you know, do we see the Gamecocks uh, sort of force the issue and, and make that a point of emphasis in opening weekend? Or, hey, do we see a lot of home runs? It's going to be a warm weekend this weekend, guys, at Founders Park. It's going to be like 70 tomorrow, 68 Saturday, and like 67 on Sunday. So the baseball is going to be flying around Founders Park. But again, I'm just curious to see, do we see anything specifically this weekend? We go, oh, there it is. There it is. There's that newfound approach. There's that newfound mentality at the plate, swinging the stick. Is there anything that really sticks out in regards to the Yardcocks hitters this weekend? And guys, my final top storyline and my final thing I can't wait to see, and I should have talked about this on Monday, but I didn't but a packed Founders Park once again. You know, I, I told you guys before, and again, knock on wood, I'm literally knocking on wood as we speak, knock on wood. You know, I've lived here since August of 2019, not to make it all about me, but just to give you some perspective, I've lived here since August of 2019. So going into 2020, that was going to be my first full season that I covered uh, in regards to baseball, covering the Gamecocks, doing TSUS full-time. And of course, we all know what happened in 2020, COVID stole the season from us. Well, Last season served as the first full season that I've covered Gamecocks baseball living in Columbia. But of course, as we all know, like the 80% of the season was 20% capacity, right? Founders Park wasn't packed. So this actually, believe it or not, guys, I mean, again, we're still accomplishing first within the business. This season serves as the first season that yours truly, and again, knock on wood, nothing crazy happens, but this will be the first season I've actually covered Gamecocks baseball a full season, fully normal, 100% capacity from start to finish. So 
I tell you what, guys, we saw the impact that the Rowdy Roosters had last year and and uh, just the fans within Founders Park. And, and I know, obviously, you guys probably saw on Twitter and everything, the uh, the students are not very happy with where the student section is in Section 1 in the berm and right field and all that, whatever, what have you. Either way, the Rowdy Roosters will show up. They will show out. And I'm excited to see Founders Park return to being – a really fantastic venue for college baseball because guys, we saw it last year, right? When, when hundred percent capacity came back, we saw it across college baseball at places like Mississippi state and, and Ole Miss and others where man, the fans really do make a difference in college baseball, man. They really do. I mean, it really is a humongous part of the game that I think we take for granted, but not having the fans there and then going through the, the Tennessee series, for example, and going through the postseason and just seeing the impact and, and the energy of Gamecock fans being in the building, folks. And I'll urge you this. If you can get to Founders Park this weekend – Get out there because our guys talked about it, man. Our guys talked about it last year when the Rowdy Roosters showed up and showed out and were loud. It energized them. It, it helps us play better. It affects the opponent. So, again, Rowdy Roosters, show up, show out, heckle the shit out of them, drink some heckle juice, and I know you will. And, again, I just cannot wait to see a packed Founders Park, a Garnet and Black, and a bunch of Yardcocks, and a bunch of Rowdy Roosters cheering on our boys all season long. Going to be one hell of a time. All right, guys, this is going to be the key player of the weekend, the guy that I think needs to ball out, needs to have a good weekend for South Carolina to have success. And the dude that I look at, and I talked about him uh, about a week or so ago when I talked outfielders and I talked about this dude being a glue guy. And what I meant by that is this, you know, as a veteran, you know, I believe that for South Carolina to really have a good season, I, I think he needs to have a good year. I think he needs to be a leader for you. Doesn't have to be vocal, but in regards to statistically and leading you on the field of play, I think Andrew Eister needs to be that dude that this weekend Sets the tone for you at the dish. I mean, again, guys, we all know the question from most fans coming into this season, can you swing it well enough to win, right? Pitching wasn't the problem last year. And I think most people believe that, you know, with, with Sanders leading you off on Friday and Bosnick will return and, you know, people are high on James Hicks and we've got guys coming back in the bullpen. I know there's question marks there and all that good stuff. And obviously, again, that's arguably for me, my biggest question mark for this team. But I think most folks are coming into this season and the number one thing they're looking at is the hitting. Can we swing it well enough? Can we hit well enough? Because again, you hit 240 last year overall, you hit 220 in SEC play, and that's just not going to get the job done. Andrew Eister was a guy for you a year ago, hit 300 SEC play, and I think he's extremely underrated. He's going to be right there in the middle of your lineup, at the three, four, five, six hole, wherever he's at. I think he's going to be probably in the three hole for you, uh, one of the most talented hitters in your lineup. I just feel like Andrew Eister's a guy that really this weekend, he can be streaky from time to time, right? But he's a guy that I think needs to set the tone for the Gamecocks offensively this weekend. I just think the lineup will go as he goes. You know what I mean? I, I think it's something where – uh, you know, hitting is contagious, of course. And again, though, he's such a big piece of the puzzle for what South Carolina baseball is going to do this year. And if the Gamecocks are going to reach the expectations that we all have for them, I think Andrew Eister has to have a good year for you. So again, my key player for this weekend, hey, a lot of guys should hit, a lot of guys should play, pitching should do well. Again, we're all expecting at minimum a series win. But I think to really have a successful opening weekend, you know, having your veterans step up and lead you. It's like, hey, Andrew, this is your last go around, man. This is your last go around. 
Be that leader for us. Get the most out of yourself. Start out this season hot. Hey, don't let the Cox get hot. We'll let the Cox get hot. Let's get hot on opening weekend. And I want to see Andrew Eister get this offense going starting tomorrow. And do not let your foot off the gas pedal. Keep it going. Because again, after last year, I think swinging a stick, you could use all the confidence you can get at the dish. So again, Andrew Eister for me, because of that, the key player for this weekend against the Spartans, which leads me into my prediction. How will South Carolina fare on opening weekend? Again, guys, like I told you, UNCG is no pushover, right? I mean, they weren't great last year, 27 and 25, like I mentioned, 12 and 17 in the SOCON, but they do have some good players, right? They do have some good players, and there will be moments I think you are tested. However, this is a South Carolina baseball team that, again, I think a packed Founders Park, I think this team is on a mission. I think this team, after last year, it's season-ending on your home field, really in heartbreaking fashion. I think this is a group that's going to have a chip on its shoulder. And I know you don't have Julian Bosnick. I know there's a lot of new pieces. Again, guys, you already know my prediction. I think this team is being slept on. I think you've got enough in the bullpen to figure it out. Um, You know, hitting-wise, I think you're going to be exponentially improved. I think the baseball is going to be flying all over the yard again guys i'm not just saying it i'm not filling you up with hot air i'm telling you i think this lineup is going to shock some people with how much better they're going to be and again even if you're not clicking on all cylinders early you don't need to be clicking on all cylinders to take care of business against unc greensboro so again I've got the Gamecocks taking the series. I've got the Gamecocks sweeping on opening weekend. I do think the Gamecocks get off to a 3-0 start. Um, again, I expect Will Sanders to spin an absolute gem for you tomorrow night. I think James Hicks will pitch well. And then Josiah Seitler on Sunday, hey, you got to score some runs on Sunday. I think he can pitch well as well. But uh, I expect to see a lot of arms on Sunday. I think a lot of guys are going to pitch. I think it's going to be maybe kind of a Johnny Holstaff type of approach. But I do think the Gamecocks will do enough in their lineup swinging it. I think they'll have success at the plate. So again, South Carolina, UNC Greensboro, Gamecocks win their first series of the season and they do it via the sweep. So again, guys, would love to hear from you all your comments, your thoughts on opening weekend, the first series preview of the 2022 baseball season. Again, would love to hear from you, your full thoughts, what you're looking for, what you're expecting, your key player, your prediction. I would love to hear from you guys in the comments. Shoot us a DM, whatever you like. Would love to hear from you guys and appreciate you all, your love and support and you tuning in and just cannot wait, man. I I truly, I, I think you all know how passionate I am in regards to Gamecocks baseball and how much I love it. And guys, I say this with all due respect to everyone else that covers the Gamecocks because there's so many entities that do a great job. But baseball season is TSUS season. Baseball season is C Philly season. And I tell you what, this is going to be the biggest, the best, and the baddest baseball season the Spurs Up show has ever covered has ever produced the content is going to be unlike you've ever seen and again i just simply put guys cannot wait to get out to founders park take it all in with the rowdy roosters it is going to be one hell of a weekend and it's going to be one hell of a season so again guys hope to see you out there like i said i've got the gamecocks sweeping unc greensboro to start the 2022 baseball season so again guys that's gonna do it all for me appreciate you all tuning in guys like i said quick reminder tomorrow the opening day content folks content bleeding out 
the eyeballs, Twitter spaces at 9 a.m. It will be the show live stream at 10 a.m. The Daily Crow, 12 to 2. And then first pitch is at 4 o'clock. And again, guys, don't forget your game times this weekend. 4 o'clock, 12.30 on Saturday and 1.30 on Sunday. Guys, the weather is going to be incredible for opening weekend. The tickets are cheap. So if you can, get out there, hang out with the Rowdy Roosters, support the Gamecocks, and we'll have one hell of a time watching together. Hey, don't go anywhere. The show's not over yet. Former Gamecocks catcher Hunter Taylor joins us in a throwback conversation. Great throwback interview detailing his career. So again, guys, I hope you enjoy that. Again, I hope you enjoy your Thursday. I hope this finds you well. Hope you're having a fantastic week. And again, thank you all so much, guys. I cannot stress enough how excited I am to begin this journey that is the 2022 baseball season, to party with the Rowdy Roosters, to talk with a bunch of yard cocks, and we're going to do the damn thing all season long. But, folks, that's all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Thursday, and enjoy this conversation with former Gamecocks catcher Hunter Taylor. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show is a man that played for the Gamecocks from 2015 to 2018. During his career, he hit 240 with 11 home runs and 58 RBIs. He also led the SEC as a senior by throwing out 22 runners trying to steal. He was named to the NCAA Regional All-Tournament team in 2016 and was drafted in the 23rd round of the 2018 MLB draft by the Chicago Cubs. I'm very pleased to welcome to the show former Gamecocks catcher Hunter Taylor. Hunter, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. Yeah, man. I'm glad to be on. Absolutely. So I, I want to start, Hunter. One thing that I did not know about you, you're from the state of Virginia. You're from Only Virginia, and you're obviously a guy that was a very highly regarded prospect. Just kind of talk about, you know, your recruitment, because with baseball recruiting, it's so interesting. It starts so early, and guys commit so early. But with you, just kind of talk about your recruitment. When did South Carolina come into play, and when did you know that you were going to be a Gamecock? Yeah, so um, I'm from a really, really small town, um, really small high school, so. But high school didn't have a whole lot to do with me being recruited, but I did play for the Canes um, with Jeff Petty. And I went to a camp in uh, Richmond, and Coach Holberg was there and uh, watched me for a little bit and came up to me after. And this is when I was in, I believe, 10th grade. So uh, came up to me after, kind of talked a little bit, asked me if I wanted to come down and take a visit. Uh, I took a visit, and I knew as soon as I stepped on campus that this is where I wanted to go. Uh, I was absolutely blown away. And I knew that this was the spot for me. You, you mentioned Coach Holbrook, Hunter. So just kind of talk about your first interactions with him. Obviously, a guy that, you know, when you were getting recruited in 2014, I mean, South Carolina is fresh off the two national championships, three straight national championship appearances. And really, he had just taken over as head coach, what, I think the year before that. So just, just kind of talk about what your relationship like was like, uh, your first interactions with Chad Holbrook. Yeah, I was uh... – you know, I was I was honored that he wanted me as, you know, he had just taken over. That was pretty cool. They had just had uh, three big runs. That was, you know, that was awesome. Um, but it was good. I mean, we uh, we connected, you know, as soon as we started talking and everything went good. And uh, it was a, you know, it was a good experience. There was nothing, nothing that I would ever change about it. It was, you know, from, from the get-go, it was, you know, good. Let's, let's get me here. I want to be here, that type deal. For sure. So your freshman season, Hunter, jumping into 2015, uh, you played a decent amount as a freshman. You hit 238, had two homers, 15 RBIs, um, got up to the plate 93 times, played in 32 games. So you played a fair amount as a freshman. Try to kind of describe to people the 
the transition you went through going from high school baseball to SEC baseball? Oh, my gosh, it was huge. It was unlike anything that I had ever imagined it would be. I mean, I went from playing at Nandua High School in Holy Virginia with, you know, maybe 20 fans to South Carolina. It was it was mind-blowing. Uh, it, it took me a little while to get used to it. Like I said, I mean, it was – I'd never seen anything like it before in my life. Um, but after that first at bat and after, after that first inning catching, you know, it all it all just turns into baseball. Um, but it was – absolutely mind-blowing what was kind of your your own personal like welcome to the sec moment was like was there like a guy that you faced or maybe one of your teammates that you caught maybe one of your own teammates yeah. you faced? Like, what was that welcome to the sec moment where you're like this is a lot different uh that had to be probably when we played vanderbilt my freshman year we faced carson fulmer and uh walker bueller <laughs> <laughs> that was uh yeah that was good luck for sure. So anyone who's a diehard Gamecock baseball fan, Hunter, who has watched you knows you're a guy that you, throughout your career, I mean, you showed, I mean, you were a leader on the team and you play with a certain fire and intensity. Uh, where did that come from for you? Is that something you always had? Or, I mean, where did that, where did that spark, I guess you could say, come for, uh, come for you? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been like that. Um, you know, freshman year may, be, may have been a little different because, you know, new guy, whatever, um, but after that, you know, it was I've always wanted to win. And baseball for me it was always about winning. There was no never any, you know, I anything like that. So I've always uh wanted to win and I've always had that mindset that, you know, if you, you try to win, good things happen. Um so I'd say that and just the fact that we didn't want to lose. None of us wanted to lose ever. Um and when you put you know, you put nine guys on the field like that, it's it's a good recipe to win. For sure. So that 2016 season, Hunter, you really didn't play a whole lot. I mean, played in 15 games. But like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, South Carolina goes into the regionals, and you're actually named NCAA regional all-tournament team in 2016. Just kind of talk about that regional for you guys and then for you specifically. You know, what was clicking for you in a season where, again, you didn't play a ton, but you were able to come up big in the uh, in the postseason? Yeah. Um, it's funny you bring that up. I was actually going to transfer uh, – after the season and I believe we were playing Rhode Island we got beat by Rhode Island uh, mm. first first game um, so it was kind of like back against the wall um, I got thrown in there the next day and I was like hey here we go strap it on we got to win we uh, got our backs against the wall it's time to get going and uh, we ended up blowing out I think Rhode Island the next game or Duke so I can't remember somebody and then you know the rest of the postseason I played a decent amount and um, it really, it really changed my uh, my look on it. Like I said, I was going to transfer, but after that, I was like, man, I can't. This place, I can't leave this. This is, this is unlike anything I'll ever be a part of anywhere else. So, so it was a. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. So very, I think that's something that's, uh, I guess, a little bit eye opening. Not shocking because transfers happen a lot in baseball. But what were the? Uh, so it was just that regional that really made that made the decision to uh, just stick it out. Yeah, it was. It was that. I mean. Not even playing, just you know, seeing all the fans there and all the hype around that regional. It was, you know, I was like, man, I can't, I can't leave this. I'd be crazy to. You can't find this anywhere else in college baseball. So, Hunter, you also had one of the or had an opportunity to play in one of the best, if not the best, rivalry in all of college baseball, the uh, the South Carolina Clemson rivalry. Just again, you being an out of state guy, I'm not sure how much you were familiar with Carolina Clemson at all, but. 
just kind of talk about that rivalry, your experiences in it, and when did you when when did you come to terms or realize that that was not just another series? The the BP before the first game we played Clemson, I, I you know I I knew about it, but I really didn't know about it if you know what I'm talking about. And mm-hmm. BP before that first game kind of hit me like, huh, we got to beat these guys. <laughs> um, but it was it was right before the first game. Like I said, being out of state, I really didn't. I mean, I knew about it, but I really didn't know that much about it. And uh, but BP before that first game, it really hit me. You know, we <laughs> these guys, uh, they're our rivals. It's time to. It's time to go play and see what happens. What's the worst thing you heard from the crowd and uh, in, in, in Doug Kingsmore? Oh, the worst thing I probably can't say on here, but uh, <laughs> I know there was my uh, my good friend Alex. You know, he was playing left, and uh, he came in and he looked at me and he went, "Hunter, am I fat?" And I said, <laughs> "Alex, I said, Alex, you gotta stop, man. I think they're trying to get to you." And he went, "But." But am I fat? And I said, Alex, you're fine. Good play. <laughs> that was that was uh, that was a good one. Oh man, that's awesome. So you're you know, Hunter, you're one of the few guys. I think I've had one or two more, but you're one of the few guys that went through the the coaching change from Chad Holbrook to Mark Kingston. And it's kind of ironic that you know after 2016, you know, you decide to stick it out, not transfer. The, then the 2017 season happens, which, with all due respect, I'm sure there were at times you were like, "Man, I came back for this," because it was a rough year for you guys. Let's just I'm put it out there. It was yeah. a really rough. It was a really rough season um, for you. You played a little bit, hit 212 on the year, but overall as a team, it just didn't happen. Whether it was pitching, whether it was injuries, really tough year. Chad Holbrook loses his job at the end of the season. Just kind of talk about and walk me through. You know, again, you come back for your junior year. The guy that recruited you though is now fired. Talk, talk, talk to me about when you found out and just sort of what your reaction was. Yeah, we got a call saying, you know, we had a, we actually had a meeting on the phone. I believe it was with uh, with everybody and um, kind of introduced everyone. And I'm not gonna lie, it was it was strange. I mean, we were all kind of like, oh, what's gonna happen? Um, but I will say, the first day that we got there and we all had, you know, got in the team meeting with Coach Kingston and everybody, it was it was very uh, it changed quickly and went from okay, you know, what's what's gonna happen to all right, this is what he wants to do, we want to win, he wants to win. Let's make it happen. It was no, it was you know first day. There was no uh, no more questioning what was what was going to happen after that. It was clear that we were on the same page as far as you know. Let's go out with a win. Let's let's win. Let's get let's get to where we want to be. And uh, like I said, there was no no confusion on that. He he uh, he welcomed us with open arms and knew we wanted to win. He wanted to win and kind of went from there. When you look at the Chad Holbrook era, you know, Hunter, you know, the the thing that kind of perplexes me with that is that, you know, I think Chad is a really, really good baseball coach. I mean, obviously, the guy has been on multiple national championship teams, not just South Carolina, but North Carolina as well. I mean, if you had to put your finger on it, because that 2017 team had talent, like you said, some bad bounces, injuries, like really derailed that season. But I mean... I mean, what what do you think? I mean, what, what do you think that the beginning of the end, if you will, that that era, like where did that come from? Because I know me as just a fan, as someone an outside observer, I was very surprised at the way his tenure went because I just assumed when he was hired, South Carolina is just going to keep winning. We're going back to Omaha, and I think the expectations obviously were crazy because people and you would know this firsthand. People don't understand just how incredibly hard it is to get to Omaha. 
But do you feel like Chad Holbrook in any way got sort of an unfair shake? Or I mean, what's your take on it? Because I know that people were kind of 50-50, some on the fence, that he shouldn't have been let go, should have been let go. Uh, well, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know about the whole, you know, the whole behind the uh, behind the scenes type deal. I mean, we, like I said, our our job was to show up and play. And uh, like you said, I mean, people don't realize just how hard it is. And when you have injuries, when you have, you know, things that happen that you can't control, it's it's really hard. But at the end of the day, the fans, you know, they we're, we're South Carolina. We're supposed to win. And uh, I'm not, I couldn't tell you what, what the actual beginning of the end was, but I do know we had a lot of miss unfortunate events and injuries that and you know you can't help that like like you said it's out it's out of our control but the fans want to win and that's you know that's they should that's how it's always been so I'd say just you know just like you said injuries things that are out of our control a lot of that happened at the wrong time and and fans want to win at the end of the day so you talked about things quickly changed when Mark Kingston was hired. And I think most Gamecock fans, most rational Gamecock fans, think very highly of Mark Kingston. I think he's got the program heading back in the right direction, back where it was under Ray Tanner. But you talked about things changed. I remember going into the 2018 season, and that was my biggest thing I was saying to Gamecock fans. I thought, you're really going to see a change philosophically, philosophically um, just in the way you guys played, attacked each day, attacked each game, whatever, et cetera. But talk about what were the biggest changes for you guys? Like you guys get into fall uh, fall practice. What I mean, what did he? What was the kind of the biggest change? Would you say overall? There wasn't a whole lot of you know change baseball wise. I mean, we we still did the same stuff. We still we still practiced hard. We did everything the same way. But I think it was more of a change with us as a team. You know, we we had just come off a bad season and we kind of got together and said, hey, that can't happen again. You know, this is South Carolina. That, that's not supposed to happen. Let's let's get this thing figured out. And uh, and he you know he was there and helped us a lot with that. I mean, he took he let he let some of the senior, you know older kids. He kind of let them. Not not saying he let us coach, but he let us you know get things straight and take care of some stuff between ourselves. So um, I think it was just a, I guess just a fresh a fresh start, if you would, um, mm. starting over, fresh start. We had like you said had a bad season the year before and. You know, I remember talking with uh, with Chris Kellen before the season started, and I was like, "Man, we we got to figure this out." But um, that's exactly what we did. We we kind of just said, "You know what? Let's let's go out on top, and uh, let's just win." Who cares about everything else? Who cares what the media says? Who cares what the fans say? Let's just go win. And so we did it. Yeah. So kind of sticking on that same note as well. You're moving into the 2018 season, your senior year. It's funny because, you know, I asked and it's to see the way you guys made progressions and steps really offensively as well because, I mean, you had a lot of guys that really maybe didn't reach their full potential or were not key guys. That I mean, even yourself. I mean, your best year as a hitter, 261 average, nine homers, 34 RBIs. Already talked about you led the SEC and throwing guys out. So, I mean, you had a great year. You think of a guy like Madison Stokes who had by far his best year at South Carolina. I mean – I know you said nothing changed, but man, offensively, it felt like he had some magic potion or whispered something in you guys' ears before you took the plate because it was just like a different team offensively in 2018. Yeah, we uh, we hit a lot. I mean, and it wasn't just him; it was us too. I mean, we would go get our extra work in more than we needed to sometimes, and we hit a lot. We used pitching machines a lot, um, and those, you know, I think that 
I don't know if it was the pitching machines or what, but there was something that changed. I don't know if it was timing or what, but something changed. And another thing I think that helped was every single one of us on team knew what our niche was. We knew, you know, we knew who the home run hitters were. We knew who who needed to get on base. Like for myself, I, I mean, I knew I was good at throwing people out. And that's, that's what I tried to do. That's what I tried to make myself good at. And then the hitting came. So I think it was a little bit, a mixture of that and, to make sure everybody knew what they needed to do to get the job done to win and went out there and did it and didn't try to do too much, didn't try to, you know, do do something they didn't need to do. They just did what they were good at. Um, we, like I said, we knew who, who was going to hit home runs. We knew who was going to get on base. We knew who was going to pitch, stuff like that. Knowing, uh, having your teammates back and knowing, knowing who needs to do what, I think that was another big help. So, yeah, so that 2018 season, I already mentioned your banner year, Hunter. I mean, the, again, the best year of your career. What, as a hitter, what do you think changed for you or what clicked that senior season where you were able to do what you did? Um, that's a good question. I think that the biggest thing for me was I just had confidence. You know, I, I got in the box and I said, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a hit. You know, if I don't, oh, well, but I'm going to get a hit. I'm going to hit this ball hard. And I think that was – that was the biggest thing for me was just I had a lot more confidence than I ever had before. Um, my timing got a lot better. And, you know, I was catching a lot. And as I was catching a lot, I got to see more, you know, I got more bats and my timing got better and started hitting a few more balls out. And it all just kind of clicked, I think. But like I said, I think the biggest thing was just having confidence. And the reason I could have confidence was because I knew that the guy behind me, he could get the job done even if I didn't. So, Hunter, that 2018 season was really, really interesting for you guys because obviously it, it didn't get off to the hottest of starts. I mean, there was a lot of midweek struggles. There was SEC struggles. I think you guys were – well, I could be wrong, but like one in five in conference. And then the press – I think it was the Presbyterian game happened. And you guys sort of – I remember there was a specific – it felt like there was a specific date where something happened internally with you guys where it just – you guys turned it on. I mean, you go sweep LSU. I remember that – that second half of the season, I think you guys won, what was it, five or six straight SEC series, something crazy. I mean, talk about to me what what changed. What was that? I'm sure you probably can't tell everything that was said in that players-only meeting or that meeting you guys had. But, I mean, what changed that, that led to that huge second-half turnaround in 2018? Yep, after that game, it was that Presbyterian game. After that game, we kind of got together and we were like, guys, if we want to have a repeat of last year, we can keep doing this or – we can turn this around right now. And uh, I don't know, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what happened for it to be like that. But after that game, it was, it was you know, all right, let's, let's get it together and let's get going and let's, let's show these people what we're about. Uh, and like I said, that, was, that game was the most pivotal, in my opinion, the, the, the best thing to happen all season for us was losing that game because after that game we were like, all right, this this is not going to happen again. And I don't care what we have to do. We're, we're getting this thing figured out and we're going to win. And that senior season, you caught a lot of good arms. I mean, you think of who, who you guys had. You had Adam Hill, Cody Morris, Eddie Demarius. The list goes on and on. Who, who I'm going to put you on the spot. Who was your favorite guy to catch off that team? My favorite guy to catch off that team was uh, Cody. Yeah. Cody, just because just he was a bulldog. I mean, there'd be times I'd go out to talk to him and he'd just stare at me and I'd be talking, he'd stare at me and I'd be like, all right, then I guess you're good. Here we go. 
<laughs> but yeah, Cody was, he was really fun to catch. And uh, towards the end of the season, he, like I said, he was just a bulldog. He didn't care what you thought of him. He didn't care who you were in the box. He was, he was going to get you out. So I want to jump ahead, Hunter, to that, to the postseason 2018. You guys go to the Greenville Regional, which um, I, I thought maybe you guys should have hosted. But either way, you go to Greenville. And what I think what people that if you've never been up there, ECU fans are some of the that, – that's a rowdy place. Greenville is a rowdy, rowdy place. But you guys are able to come out, go undefeated in that one. A lot of dramatics in that, in that, uh, in that regional. I, I think the first thing I think of is Danny Blair's clutch home run against Ohio State. Um, I know in that one I just had the stats pulled up. You had a, uh, an RBI double, scored two runs against uh, UNC Wilmington, which I feel like the play was kind of funny because the ball barely gets out of the infield. Uh, <laughs> t- talk about that. Yeah. Talk about that base hit specifically. Have you ever had a double that went as short as that one did? Uh, I think maybe the only double that's been that short was in the regional my sophomore year, which was, I guess, 2016, that hit third base and scored, uh, I think it might have been Dom. But besides that, no, I have not. And it was, you know, I was uh, very happy when it went through because I really didn't think it was making it through when it did. <laughs> it was, I mean, I got jammed real, real bad. I didn't get any barrel on that ball. But somehow it made it through, and I'm glad it did. But it ended up working out. I remember uh, – I remember after we won that regional, people were saying, man, they didn't even like, they were excited. And the reason for that was because we knew, you know, we knew what we had next. That was just, that was just one step for us. We knew what we had to do next. Um, and so I think, I think that's just another, another point for our whole season. You know, we, we didn't get excited because we wanted to keep winning there. That was, you know, yeah, we won that regional and that's great, but we had more to do. We had more to finish. For sure. And what was next for you guys was the Arkansas Razorbacks, who were, I think, I believe they were a national seed, one of the best teams in college baseball. And you guys go into Fayetteville and we put up a hell of a fight. You lose game one, bounce back, win game two. You have, a, I think you had a home run in that one or one of the other games. If I, I slipped my mind, but I know you had a home run in that super regional. I mean, you guys take Arkansas all the way to game three. And I really think, you know, Hunter, if you guys Maybe he had another arm. I mean, Carmen Majinski was a true freshman, so you're asking a lot of him going out there. But I, it was sort of a, felt like a situation where you guys sort of just ran out of pitching. But, I mean, overall, again, to the way the season started versus how it ended, you guys getting all the way to the Supers one game from Omaha, I know the disappointment, especially that being your last college game, that game three against Arkansas. But I'm sure, you know, looking back at it now, there's definitely a sense of pride that you guys, you know, made it as far as you did. Yeah, you know, and at the time it was at the time it didn't feel like that, but looking back at it now, I mean, it, it's it's truly unbelievable that after that, I mean, after that Presbyterian game, I I couldn't tell you how many games we won or or what we did, but I just remember it being like completely different. It wasn't, it didn't even seem like it was the same season. It felt like we just started our season after that game and and rolled. Um, but it, it, like I said, it's it's looking back on it now, it's unbelievable what we did. And, it was it was probably the most fun I've ever had in my life. It was awesome. Every game. I mean, every single game was awesome. No doubt. So, during that time, obviously, during the postseason, the MLB draft is happening, Hunter. You're taking 23rd round uh, by the Chicago Cubs. Talk to me about – we'll get into the, the stuff that happened after in just a second. But talk to me about kind of where you were because it's funny with the MLB draft, which I think is so stupid, and you can chime in if you want. But – the fact that the draft is literally held when some guys are in the middle of playing games to me is like the wildest thing I've ever heard. I mean, that just seems ridiculous to think a guy could be on the mound or at the plate and 
he's literally get like this the biggest moment of his life and he's getting drafted like it seems like they could they could schedule that better or something but talk about just <laughs> yeah. where you were the emotions you got when you get the call I mean I, I imagine that had to be a, a lifelong dream fulfilled yeah I was we were actually we were practicing um it was I was standing there at home play I think we were doing cuts and relays or something and uh Jonah was drafted right before me and, you know, everybody kind of ran out there and I think one of the managers told him and everybody kind of ran out there and everybody was, you know, super pumped or whatever. And then it was, see, it wasn't a couple minutes right after that. Um, they ran out there and told me and it was, it was mind blowing. I didn't know what to think at first. It didn't really hit me until after when my, uh, my mom called me crying. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's when it sunk in for me. Um, but it was, it was unbelievable. That's probably one of the best days of my life I can think of to this point. Um, it, it's, I can't even explain it. It was, it was awesome. And my, I was surrounded by my whole, you know, all my team that we've been battling with just won a, a regional and it was, it was awesome. No doubt. So I, I want to get into what happened after, cause Hunter, I mean, we were talking a little bit off air. I had no clue about this, but you are drafted by the Chicago Cubs, like I mentioned. You go into the physical, though, and just kind of tell everybody what happened. Because, again, I was very surprised, had no clue that this happened. But, obviously, health issues came up to uh, to bite you a little bit. Yeah, so um, I was drafted uh, about two weeks later. I sent out to Arizona, getting everything straight, you know, kind of getting everything figured out with contract and all that. And I took a physical, um, and I found out I had a broken vertebrae um and which they were like man you need to this is a, you know kind of a big deal you need to take you need to take some time and get this figured out or it's going to give you problems for the rest of your life um so I they didn't sign me uh they didn't pass the physical I couldn't play but um you know got it straight after that came back here and South Carolina helped me out tremendously I got a big back brace for that for the rest of the summer um got it healed for the most part uh, tried to play independently after that, and I had a few teams that wanted me, but they just couldn't couldn't do it because of my back. It was it was still uh, giving me some issues. So it was one of them things where, oh well, but everything happens for a reason. So it sucked at the time, but looking back at it now, you know, it could have been it could have been something that you know hurt me the rest of my life, or something bad could have happened. So. Yeah, and and that's a great perspective to have. You know, again, everything happens for a reason. This is for this is gonna, you know, where one door closes, another opens type deal. But I mean, you know, just talk about. I mean, even now, I mean, is there an is there an opportunity? Is it an injury where it will never heal? Because to me, it seems crazy that again, you're a guy that's a 23rd round draft pick. I mean, no offense to all the free agent, you know, the the guys that sign as free agents, but it's not like you sign as a free agent. I mean, you were, you know, top 25 round guy. I mean, it, is there any path back to? professional baseball for you or is the back just going to kind of always be a lingering thing you think yeah yeah I tried I uh I tried for a long time actually I you know tried to get back into it and it was just you know my back's healed it's not broken but there's just it's it still gives me problems and I don't think that I could catch a full minor league season like that there's no way you know it still gives me some issues every now and then but it's not as bad as it was, but like I said, I, there, I don't think there's any way I could get through a full season. And, you know, I don't want to go out there and, and hurt myself mm. bad for, you know, for nothing. I mean, I love baseball. I'd do anything to be able to play again. But at the end of the day, you kind of got to look at it and say, all right, what's, what's, what's best for me? 
I, you know, I do love the game. I love the game more than anything. But there's a point where you got to say, all right, enough's, you know, enough's enough. you got to figure other stuff out. So do you, do you see a future in baseball at all? Are you on to other things? I mean, do you think coaching could be a possibility? I mean, what, what's kind of what's the plan for Hunter Taylor post-life in baseball? Or does baseball continue for you as far as, like, maybe coaching or something? Yeah, I actually, um, I actually coached at Heathwood Hall with uh, Brian Busher and Joey Pancake this past uh, spring, and that was that was a blast. Uh, I know I, I told myself I didn't know if I would be able to coach, but I you know I did it and it was awesome. Um, as of right now, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what my path is going to take me. You know, I like coaching a lot. Um, I don't know where it's going to take me. I'm I still got one class left before I graduate, so I'm getting that over with this fall and. Uh, I'm still coaching there at Heathwood, so we'll see what happens. But as of right now, um, that's kind of my path, just trying to get get my degree and, and see what happens. No doubt. So, obviously, Hunter, you're a guy, I mean, literally just, just finishing up playing in 2018. You're a guy very close to the Gamecock baseball program. And a lot of your friends, obviously, former teammates, uh, were on the team this past season, the 2019 season, which South Carolina, we all know about the struggles, missed out in the postseason. When – when you take a look, because I'm sure you watched a lot of the games or maybe, heck, you watched all of them, but um, what would you say to South Carolina baseball fans that are going going to be coming into the 2020 season just, let's call it how it is, just flat-out frustrated about – maybe they don't even know about – they're unsure about the direction of the program. Maybe they're unsure of Mark Kingston. Well, I mean, what would you say to those fans to assure them that everything is moving in the right direction? South Carolina does have the, the, the right guy or the right guy for the job. My experience with Mark Kingston is he he will he will get the team where they need to be. Um, you know I can't say anything bad about him. He, in my opinion, he will get them where they need to be. Um, I understand why they're frustrated. I mean, it happens. It's South Carolina. We're we're supposed to win, but like I said, Coach Coach Kingston will get them and where they need to be. And I, it might be a year. Who knows? Next year they might win the World Series. You never know. But like I said. They, uh, they're, they're moving in the right direction as long as he's there. I can assure you of that. No doubt. So kind of switching gears here, Hunter, uh, something a lot lighthearted, more so funny. 2018, South Carolina, I believe you guys were playing North Carolina and Charlotte. Uh, I guess the first question I should ask, have you seen the video of Mark Kingston getting hit by the baseball? <laughs> yes, I have. He wore it. Yeah, I was going to say, how how badass of a move was that by Mark Kingston to mid-interview get – I mean, then he got nailed. It wasn't a glancing blow. Like, he got he got nailed to wear it and continue with said interview. I mean, that, that had to be a riot in the clubhouse. Yeah, we, we talked about that for a while. I mean, that just that's just his personality. I mean, he's he's hardcore, and that's that proves it right there. I mean, he, he wore one right off the chest and didn't even blink. <laughs> I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that. <laughs> no doubt so no, it, was, you, it was awesome so before I let you go Hunter I want to ask you um, obviously you've got a lot of great memories at South Carolina but when you look look back maybe the funniest story that you can uh, that you can tell on the airwaves from your time at Carolina uh, funniest story because hmm. I know in baseball there's wow. a lot of them I know you can't tell all of them but there's a lot of them there, there's so much craft that happens in a lot baseball locker room it's crazy yeah I can't tell all of them but uh we did used to have some dance parties after we won some games up in the locker room, after we won some big games. And uh, there was there was one dance party where Alex Decino got a little carried away, and I won't say what happened, but it was uh, – needless to say, it was it was really funny. And, yeah, it, it was it was hilarious. I can't say it over here, but 
I wish I could. I can't, but uh, <laughs> it just that's, <laughs> that shows how Alex is, and that was just yeah, stuff like that happened all the time. That that's just an example, but we had a lot of fun. It was it was the most fun I've ever had in my life. I wish I could go back and do it again. So, last question, one more, Hunter. When you look back on your career, your favorite overall memory as a Gamecock, the time when you were wearing the garnet and black. Uh, wow. There's so many. Um, I'd probably, I'd probably have to say uh, opening day of, of 2018, just, you know, everything was new. We were getting, trying to figure out who we were and I mean, we lost, but it was, it was still good. I mean, we, it was just getting that season started. Everybody was, was figuring out who was, you know, who was who and everything like that. But just the start of that season, something felt different. I mean, we didn't do good at first, but it's in the back of our heads there was never a doubt that we were gonna you know we were gonna be in the talk at the end of the year and that first game for some reason like I said we didn't win but just felt different than it normally did I think that was that was probably one of my best best memories you were the opening day catcher as well so that certainly helps but uh yeah (laughs) yeah no doubt but yeah Hunter appreciate you taking the time man it's always a pleasure would love to have you back on again and I can speak for uh Gamecock baseball fans, when I say again, things may may have not always been great. Sometimes they were great, sometimes they weren't. That's obviously the game of baseball, but uh, really appreciate. I mean, you were you were a spark plug, a catalyst for that team, a leader, and I don't think anyone could deny that. So it was a pleasure to watch you play, sir, and uh, let's definitely do it again sometime for sure. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, let's do it. decisions for your company you always look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer it streamlines your process to make your business more efficient which makes you less busy mail checks invoices legal documents books and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.